to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm a banana. <laughs> and today it is episode eight of Transformers Cybertron. It is Collapse. This episode was written by Kazuhiko Soma. And the last time on Transformers Cybertron, Hotshot joined another race on Velocitron while the Autobots went on another wild goose hunt for the Cyber Planet Omega Latin symbol thing key. <laughs> and in this episode, Megatron blows open a floor and then says, it's not here, I'll find it soon. It feels like that should have come before the opening though, doesn't it? Yes. Like, it's almost like this would have been the opening bumper, but now we go to Optimus sparring with Landmine and trying to get him back to 100% by beating the shit out of him, I guess. And it turns out Landmine is the one that trained Optimus back in the day because Optimus is something like, oh, that was a really good move, or Landmine says that was a really good move. And he's like, well, I'll show you something I didn't show you. Yeah, it, uh, Landmine seems like G1's Ironhide, kind of. Yeah, um, I can see that. So then the kids are watching first a weather report, which they're bored by, and then they watch, I think it's a presidential ad- address, but Jolt's trying to learn human communication, and there's a setup here of basically political jargon. Well, yeah, it's just she's using all these really highfalutin words that it actually does kind of make sense, but why would anybody say it that way? Well, but that's the joke. Politicians say a bunch of words they don't mean to, right? Yeah. But, uh, but then we go to an Air Force base and some secret agent man type is looking at pictures of the Transformers just floating in the air under no cover. Yeah, well, he's doing the animated Prowl zoom and enhance bit, and he's, yes. he's got them this time. <laughs> so then we go to back to Megatron, and he's expositing about how the Cyber Planet key is the trophy, which I thought he already figured out back with in, in uh, the episode of uh, uh, Rush. Well, I think it's like if, if she values that thing so much, it can only possibly be the cyber planet key. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, he seems to be intent on destroying it. But anyway, I don't know. He's trying to punch a door. Well, yeah, he blasts another wall and that doesn't do anything. He's kind of surprised. And then he punches it. And I guess that opens something because he, again, he's like, the, it's not here. And then Ransack and Crumple Zone arrive and they have news. And I guess it's a real knee slap or whatever it is they got to tell him because they both just start laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got news in the giggles. Um, and then we go to the kids, uh, back with the kids in the minicon. And they're all bored. And Bud says, hey, let's have a play date at our homes. Yep. And now Jolt is C-3PO because he's even <laughs> kind of moving the same way, like the, the way the arms are stiff at below the elbows. And he's like, it is not permitted kind of thing. Yeah. And he's the one, keep in mind, he's the one who thinks this is a bad idea. So <laughs> we then, there's this really quick clip, which is really just establishing plot that um, they're, they're opening a gold mine or they've opened a gold mine in the mountain near the town. Yeah. They just leave the TV on as they go. And that's just, that's on TV. That's but- wasteful. Now, out on the road, it's the sheriff from last time. It's different deputy this time. Actually, we find out later this is the fire chief that's with him. Oh, and, is uh, it? Okay. They were talking about what the president said this morning at the UN, and they didn't understand a single word. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to I didn't realize it was the fire chief. I do like that the people becoming involved are all rescue. Like, there's the sheriff and the fire chief and their secret agent man we're going to see. Like, we need a, we need a doctor or an, uh, like a paramedic or somebody to get in on this. But yeah. uh, that's how, that's how you build a good team. And, you know, and then they, join and then they all go off and become the rescue bots um, but they, okay this was i really like this where um the kids zip past or kobe and uh, bud zip past in their minicons and the sheriff follows them uh and he's he, he can't catch them but they get stopped by a crossing train so 
The sheriff catches them. Well, yeah. Meanwhile, Jolt and uh, Lori's flying in Jolt overhead, and she's like, oh, what is it with boys and fast cars? And he's got this line, "Um, my planet boys turn into the fast cars. But uh, (laughs) uh, she points out, those are the cops after them down there. And Jolt's like, we're not allowed to interfere with Earth authorities. It's against our prime directive. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Star Trek fan, well, one of the translators was. But uh, what the kids do, or what the minicons do, which is kind of clever, is um, when the cops walk up and they're like, all right, we got a little hot rodder here. uh, The window goes down, and it's the president spouting political jargon. Yeah, it's clearly just an image of her because Jolt comes up with an idea and Lori tells the boys, activate your holo screens or something like that. But yeah, the window comes down, it's the president, and then um, the other guy, Six Speed, we find out his name is later. The thing opens and the vice president's just sitting there. <laughs> like the vice president will be ripping around in like a, a high-end performance car. Yeah, but, but- in no secret service, no guards, no nothing. <laughs> Anyway, they just take off and the sheriff goes, uh, and then we have a quick cutaway to the miners leaving the mine. This is all just set up for what's going to happen in the second half. Um, and then we go to uh, Bud and Reverb watching a somewhat problematic yeah. uh, show. It, it's with a very forced and over-exaggerated accent. That's the problem. They're watching a ninja show anyway, but yeah, yep. the the accents are really over the top and kind of, you know. Yeah, like you said, forced. But like even the way they're talking, like, oh, those ninjas, they're so annoying. <laughs> but there was a line that made me laugh where one of the ninjas says, I had to write it down, that ninja vanished in a wisp of flatulence. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's yeah, a great cause... line. <laughs> a wisp of flatulence. Uh, and then, um, so we go down to uh, Kobe, who's with Jolt, and Kobe has to explain to Jolt that humans take pictures because they like to document their lives. He doesn't get that. Well, yeah, well... If you think about it, though, I mean, Jolt is a being that's going to live for millions and millions of years. Why would you focus on just this one little point in your life, right, when there's going to be so much? But humans don't live that long. They have to, you know, keep this stuff around. Yeah. Uh, but So anyway, Kobe shows him pictures and then has this just video he pulls up. I mean, it's a flashback, but they play it off like it's a video. And it's... I okay, it's young Kobe and he's drinking green gooby drink or whatever. It's just we're establishing that. But I find it incredibly creepy when adults play children under like five years old and they're doing your go-go that voice. <laughs> that creeps me the fuck out. Like you could have found an actual kid that could, you know, just tell them the line whether or not they can read it, right? Yeah, just just say, hey, green gloopy drink, and then the kid be like, but yeah, but it's fine, done. <laughs> but an adult going, green gloopy, I want more. Fuck off. But uh, now mom and dad are home, and Kobe just starts freaking out, like, oh god, my parents are home, and he and Jolt run upstairs, where Bud and whatever this guy's name is, we find out later it's Reverb, but they're playing Ninja, I guess, and Kobe tells him, look, man, mom and dad are home, and they hide the minicons in the closet. Yes, uh, Jolt makes a comment about seeing this in a movie, I think it might be an E.T. reference, but then the parents come home, Paul, let's talk about Kobe and Bud's dad. (laughs) Their dad walks in, sees them, knows something's immediately wrong because they're acting super guilty, and what he says is, all right, boys, what is it, felony or misdemeanor? (laughs) And he doesn't have a smile on his face, and he looks angry, which means these kids have a record, and they've been in trouble with the law before, which we've seen them with the speeding and talking to the cops in the parking lot and all that, that we know these kids have been in trouble with the law, and their parents have had to deal with it. And the dad comes in, he's like, show me what's in the closet. 
But his wife calls out and says, Honey, Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo across the street has a new fishing <laughs> rod that she, he says can outfish you. And he's like, The fuck it can! And he runs down to yell at Joey Jojo. But th this guy completely suspected his two boys had done something illegal yeah, to the point like of a, a fucking felony. And then was like, <laughs> More fishing! So he is an absolute absentee father. He is very much a boys will be boys kind of guy. That and how long is this phone call going to be? Because you know he's going to be like, all right, let me come see this. He's going to go over and visit George and then come back. But he never once talks to his children again after that. Like, yeah, oh, felony, a whatever. It's fine. Yeah, never catches up, follows up with it. So we there's a really weird line here where they just have a sunset. We cut to that. Oh no no no! There's a quick cutaway to uh, Lori with um, uh, which one's hers? Six, uh, speed? six speed. Yeah, he's sitting on her bed like experiment time you drag your bed outside and put the car on top of it and watch what happens <laughs> yeah, right and um anyway he i guess they're watching the little matchstick girl and it's it's that's a pretty fucking depressing story but he's crying yeah if, if you want to your listener look that one up but you can read it in two minutes but uh yeah if you want to read a story about a little girl that everybody in the town ignores and she's scared to go home to her abusive father so she crawls into an alley and hallucinates while trying to keep warm while she slowly dies of hypothermia it's a really really fun story uh, but then they go to, uh, they're all together, the kids in the minicons, and Jolt has a line where they're watching the sunset, and he says, we don't have sunsets in my planet. I'm like, well, what the fuck does Cybertron orbit? Well, yeah, exactly. Or Is it a the, rogue planet? Even if the planet didn't turn, you'd still see the sun sometimes, right? It's going to have to go up and down. So the kids, oh, then then the earthquake hits, right? Well, yeah, because over at Lori's place, six speeds, alarm goes off or something, like his headlights are flashing on and off, and... It shows the mine, and things start caving in, and the Minicons and kids all meet up, wherever this is, and Jolt tells them, calm down, we have procedures to deal with earthquakes, we call Optimus. Yeah, which, you know what, okay, actually, that's a good idea, and honestly, what Optimus does here is a really good idea. Uh, he orders his team, okay, head out, uh, I forget who, we, we'll find out later who heads out, but he says, we're all gonna head out, but remember, these humans don't know we're here, and we will freak them out, so stay in disguise, basically, which is some good Autobotting, that's what the Autobot should do, and some good Optimusing for telling them to do that commercial break. And when we come back, the Autobots activate all the ramps and bridges and <laughs> things, and Optimus overhaul landmine and scattershot eventually head out to save the town. And then there's this scene where like the town's fire department, I guess Rubble, Fallen Rubble, has blocked the fire engines in. They're like, what can we do? And the Autobots come by and jump over the rubble as rescue vehicles, and then the chief or whoever it is says, hey, they're going to need our help. They're probably on our side, so let's get this rubble out of the way. And this is, again, good autobotting. They're inspiring people to be heroes. Yeah. And now, well, wherever this is, Jolt has a hologram of the mountain up for everyone to see and has Six Speed and Reverb, I guess the blue guy's name is, uh, to do some geoanalysis, which apparently is just get on all fours and blink your eyes and <laughs> yeah. tells them everything they need to know. Count how many ants are over there. <laughs> um, so what they figure out is that there's a giant water reservoir under this mountain that's about to collapse. And when the mountain collapses, effectively, I guess, like a water balloon, it's going to squeeze all that water out and flood the entire town. 
Yep, but Jolt promises the kids he and the Autobots will do something, and with the Autobots, Optimus sends Landminer and Overhaul off to help the humans, and he and Scattershot will head to the epicenter of the earthquake and see what they can do there, and he reminds them again, at this point, humans just think we're trucks. Let's keep it that way. And then we cut too quickly to Bud and his uh, parents, or not Bud and his parents, just Bud and Kobe's parents, who are, I guess the, the humans are being sent, the town's getting everybody to gather at the city hall, which is not a smart thing to do. <laughs> that w- earlier when the kids ran outside, that's what you want to do in an earthquake. Yeah. Let's not all gather in one giant stone building. <laughs> which they call it the city hall because the entire city can fit inside it, apparently. Like <laughs> everybody is getting in there. Yeah. It's worth noting that the mom is very worried about the boys. The dad is absolutely not. Um, <laughs> and I don't think they have names. They're just mom and dad. Uh, but then we have the kids meet up with Optimus. I got to tell you, Paul, there was a moment here I really, really liked. An Optimus moment. I really, really liked. The song that comes in is called Galaxy Force. And they time the crescendo to come in just after Optimus assures the kids that you're helping to save our home. Now we're going to save yours. That's what we do. And you know what? That's fucking what Autobots do. Yeah, exactly. That is that is absolutely an Optimus Prime line. You could even picture Peter Cullen reading that line. Oh, absolutely. I could picture Peter Cullen saying that in a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, now that you pointed out. But uh, Optimus gets Jetfire on the line and tells him to find the best way into this mine, I guess. I would think go through the door. <laughs> yeah, and then, then they go to um, Landmine and Overhaul. Um, and they are talking to like a sheriff. Um, they actually pull up behind and they're talking to him. He thinks it's somebody in the car. This is, you know what, Paul? This is a good episode. I yeah. really, really like this episode. Um, and he says, yeah, hey, some power lines are down, but they're live. People might be need trouble. So they drive off. And uh, Landmine tells Overhaul, hey, you drive over the rubble, find the humans. I'm going to get the rubble and these live wires out of the way. And they're live. But he hits them and starts getting shocked. He's like, I can't go back. I got to get through this. We got to get through this to save any people that might be on the other side. This episode actually kind of reminds me of whichever episode of the Ultimate Doom it is where the Autobots start working to try and save humans from all the things that are happening because Cybertron is in Earth's orbit. Yeah, like I said, this is there's a lot of good Autobotting in this episode. Uh, then we then go to Jetfire, who tells Optimus, hey, we've only got about an hour before the town floods. It's going to get real bad real fast. Um, so Optimus wants to help. He's like, okay, well then we, what we need to do is get all the humans out of City Hall. I don't know how, but we got to do that. And then Kobe says, what about green gloop? Yep. And uh, back with something else that is green, Overhaul can hear humans trapped behind a boulder blocking a doorway. And he lifts that away and immediately throws aside transforms so they don't suspect anything. But shouldn't they be asking how the giant rocket moved aside? <laughs> like they just walk out like, oh, I guess we're free to go now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The humans are blissfully ignorant in this series, which kind kind of works it, it's like there's there is definitely more g1 in this series than there was in in the other two yeah. for sure um so we go to kobe and you know what i like this too god i'm just kissing this episode's ass uh kobe says hey what we can do is try to pump the water out of the cave because this new mine shaft actually connects to the town reservoir well yeah the mine shaft ends just a few meters from it but They say if they can blast through it into the reservoir, which they do not do later, and then pump the water out of the reservoir, the mountain will fall into the empty space, and everybody wins. Well, 
Except the mountain. Except the mountain. But this is not that thing they do, or Hamada did this all the time, so, so did uh, Energon, where it's like kids telling Opto Autobots what strategy to employ, yeah. or like what science is. This is just Cody, or Cody, I, I'm going to call him Cody a lot. Oh yeah, But I do this is just Cody <laughs> remembering something and saying, and having an idea, hey, what if we emptied the reservoir, then it doesn't matter if the mountain collapses. And yeah, I'm down. Yep, and there's a quick bit of the boy's parents who think that knowing their sons, they're trying to save us. And, <laughs> Jesus all right, Christ. And back with the others, they get to the mine shaft, which is blocked, but Scattershot transforms and blasts it open. And then, like you said, they don't actually blow a hole in the end of the mine. Optimus just sends the a single hose down. A single hose down the mine shaft. Yep, which somehow navigates all the twists and turns in a mine all the way down the mine shaft through the barrier between <laughs> it and the reservoir that didn't break open. And he starts sucking up the water. A thousand tons of water in 17 seconds of screen time, I timed it. And now it's time for another episode of Optimus Sucks. I mean, he sucks water out of a reservoir and somewhere else. It's he's sucking. It's a physical action of sucking. That's it. It was a bad joke. And this has been another episode of Optimus Sucks. Thanks for listening. But when the sucking finally finishes, they empty the reservoir in 17 seconds. Um, then Scattershot fires another two missiles in, seemingly to do what he should have done at the very beginning. Well, yeah, and I hope they wrote George Lucas a check because we're doing exactly that scene in Star Wars because the missiles, <laughs> like, they fly side by side and they're swerving this way and that. And, like, it's even similar sound effects to the end of Star Wars. It, but, yeah, he hits it, it blows up, and the mountain falls into the empty reservoir just like Kobe planned it would. So Optimus has the Minicons drive the kids home at night, and then we see the boys reunite with their parents in the day, and their parents <laughs> are still hanging around City Hall, even though everybody's left, When so they just didn't even go home. Yes, and watching all this, we see this black car sitting there with the tinted windows, the window comes down, and there's that secret agent with the video camera videotaping the boys talking to their parents, and he puts a video camera down and takes his sunglasses down. So then we go back to, I think we're on Velocitron, because Crumplezone and Ransack run up, or no, they don't, they're already at Megatron, still giggling, I guess. Yeah. And they tell them the great news, their amazing plan. They signed up for the race. Yep, but they're going to cheat their alligator balls off, as a friend of ours <laughs> says. And Megatron still doesn't think they stand a chance against Override, but if nothing else, it'll give him a distraction while he keeps looking for the thing his way. But Hotshot was listening in, and now he's learned that the Cyber Planet key is the trophy again. Lori says it's a thousand tons of water to suck up. Well, you know how much water that is, dear listener, volume-wise? Picture a cube 30 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 30 feet high. Okay, break the cube down so it's 3 feet high, 30 feet across, and 300 feet long. Same volume of water, not much deeper or wider than a brook, really. Drop it down to an inch high, spread it out over 570 square feet, and it's still the same volume of water, but it still wouldn't even cover two city blocks. It's less than half the volume of one Olympic-sized swimming pool. And that's going to flood an entire city so bad it'll be like the place was never there, one of them says. If you spread that amount of water out over the entire city, it'd be barely enough to make the fucking ground wet. More water lands in the city every time it rains. It wouldn't even get down the side of the friggin' mountain before it was so shallow you wouldn't even notice it. And what did Optimus do with the waters? boil it off? Did he have the miniguns bottling it like that old Lewis Black bit about the guy in Pittsburgh filling bottles in his bathtub? At the very least, they could have explained that more than, it tastes like success or good to the last drop. But yeah, I hope they send Maxwell house. Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast show. This episode was Collapse. Paul, what would you pull out of the rubble? 
Uh, I really like this one. Like I said, it reminded me a lot of the, especially that scene in the Ultimate Doom, the one that comes to mind. I forget who's in the back of Ironhide, but where Ironhide's just zooming along the river and the other one's firing the laser and digging a ditch for the water to land in. Yeah, yeah. It. You know what? It's. I'm going to say it again. It's just good autobotting. It's good autobotting all around. Optimus had a couple solid lines, and uh, yeah, like and Gary Chalk landed them. That that whole hey, you helped us, we're helping you. That's what we do. And then the music kicked. Man, that was just mwah, chef's kiss. Nailed it. Very well done. And also, did you notice this? There was not one single fight in this entire episode. It yes. was just autobotting. That was all it was. The only deception I think is Megatron. Well, the his new lackeys, but other than that, it's just Megatron, and all he's doing is standing there talking. Yeah, the, the, the Autobots not using guns, saving people, that's really at the core what I love about them, and, and it was really, really well done. Um, I don't know if I liked it more than Rush, but can I say that we're like, what, eight episodes in, and there's already been two really good episodes. Yeah. I am, I'm worried that I'm starting to like this too much, because I've been hurt before. <laughs> Or maybe it's just because we're coming off of Energon. It's just, it's just, it's that much better. It seems like it's way better than it actually is. I don't know. I, I just ate a dog shit sandwich. So this tofu actually seems really good. Um, <laughs> the other thing I did like was seeing Kobe and Bud's parents and a bit of their home life. I know went off on his dad, but I really think their dad explains a lot. <laughs> Yeah, he was uh, something. Uh, The next episode Paul and I are going to review is time. If you have a lot of time on your hands, you can uh, go back and listen to many episodes that we have uh, at uh, transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. There's a lot of them. (laughs) More than 500. And uh, make sure you rate and review us on your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can also tell them that if they want to contact the show and contact us, they can reach us at transformersnitpickers.com at gmail.com and until the next episode keep on transforming see you next time we call optimus